Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My Talkers, we're hanging out with Lori and Julia today, Tuesday, October 5th. A beautiful day today, 75 and sunny. This hour, we've got some more great audio about Mick Jagger coming up. Boy, wait to hear that. We've got a book club author, Tracy Large, coming in. Some Dancing with the Stars news that we've got to get to. And, of course, the rage that it is. Squid Game, you guys, you finished it, right? I, I, I Casey and I had to finish it last I, night. I couldn't yeah. stand it. I finished it Sunday night. It was amazing. Yeah. What, did you watch it in, like, three days or something? Exactly. <laughs> something like yeah, that. Just, yeah, you want to go all in. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and it was just liked it so, so much. And I was happy. Casey's like, well, this ending is leaving it like there's going to be another one. Yes, and yeah. the guy who wrote it and directed it, he never had plans for it to be more than one. It took him 10 years to get this made. Yes, exactly. 10 years. 10 years. Oh, yeah. and, and so Netflix, of course... When a show becomes the most streamed and it's number one in 83 countries all at the same time. So much that it doesn't, it's shut down the internet for the streaming of this one show. Yeah, I, we didn't ever have any problems with it at night. But, right. you know, Sunday maybe morning. when you were it's watching weird. in the morning, it was late overseas. It, it was a nighttime. new day. You're right, new day. Yeah, so. Right. But I read a thing uh, in maybe the Hollywood Reporter about how this guy is like, it took him a long time to come up with the concept, a long time to sell it. And it took him six months to do the first two episodes. Wow. And those actors hung around for it? Two, six months for the first two episodes because he's doing all the writing. So they need. They they they're like he's got a movie deal. He's gonna do a movie, so we might not see the second follow up to this for like two years. Oh. And because he has a movie with Netflix, right. like part of their deal with him, right? And they want him to have a, some other writers, yeah, to help yes, him with this because he wrote and directed every episode. Right, I didn't know by that. himself. But you think of the first episode. That would take a long time to film. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, very. You, had, you would... had 456 extras playing a game. Exactly. You know, it'd almost be like you know doing a battle scene or something like exactly. that. Exactly. In, in a Braveheart type of uh, thing. So, anyway, Netflix. They feel like we're going to accommodate. I can't think of what his name is. However, we can, and he does have an idea for because it does le- end on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. with. The guy who I think looks yeah, like, blah, 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 but he looks like the Korean Paul McCartney. That's who that guy reminds me of. Lori named all, all, <laughs> the, all <laughs> the characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just name. like he reminds me of this actor. He and I thought the one guy who plays the businessman who's yeah. lost his money. I thought what did he, he looked like he looked like the lead in Kingdom, which is the Korean medieval zombie thriller that I'm recommending, and. Cosmo recommended other shows, like if you were really loved um, Squid Games. They also recommend Kingdom. They're recommending all um, 
basically Korean, Korean shows. Films. This yes. one is a Japanese one. It's called Mind, and it came out like at the beginning of the summer. It follows 11 high school cl- classmates who wake up in a large dining room or, and have to stay s- seated at this huge table. And one by one, they begin to disappear. And that's called at, mind. At, at, during the different courses of dinner, when it, they go to the bathroom? They're just or, all sitting oh around. Gosh. They wake up at this table. And it's called mind. So they said that's kind of one. There's another one. This is a manga uh, manga or manja manga how do you say that m-a-n-g-a the cartoons you yeah, know yeah. that alice in borderland it follows several young people as they survive in tokyo engulfed in lethal competition that's on netflix and then there's another one um called panic which is on amazon and after finishing a high school or a high school a group of young people in a small texas town undergo some deadly challenges to get the $50,000 so they can leave their small town behind. There's so there's some other there's options some, out there. Remember when we like talked a, about a, that Voyeurs movie like where you watch other people having sex? Oh yeah, Voyeurs. Is the it Voyeurs. A, is it a TV it's on Amazon I remember. Do yeah, you, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Well, the woman who asked us cuz I said Lori tell me during a break yeah. what's the name of that? She just sent it back. She said it's so good. Yeah. It's so good about peeping Thomas. Gosh, but that Squid Game, I, I thought that was a game changer for me. I haven't seen, we never saw anything like that before. Very clever. I thought it was good, and I was reading different headlines. I mean, it's in the headlines around the world, like a Squid Game broke out in Paris, and mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't want to read what that meant. Right, right. Because it just sounded bad. Right. But I, I really think people, if because Neil, our friend Neil the Knitter, sent us something, he hated it. Yeah. He hated it, said, not for me. Right. And so... That's how I felt about Black Mirror. I was oh, well, traumatized the after the first episode. Well, those, those episodes had a little truth to them that kind of freaked me out a little bit, too. You know? Well, I, I mean, the first episode oh. was so terrible, but I did watch a couple more after that. But that, that show, I can say, was not for me. It was just like, maybe it was too disturbing, too, when we watched it with... Stuff Everything that was going, going on. on I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But, but it's interesting because this is disturbing. The very first episode's disturbing, but yet you, there's something about the character development that's enough to overlook what happens. Yeah, to yeah, bring yeah. you into the next one. There's enough right. connection established in that so. first one after the and it's violence. And it's a visual connection. As you guys know, you've watched it. The dubbing, yes. that it's not very well done. So you it's crazy. The fact how, that it's not that well dubbed is it's amazing. Still that good. Yeah, exactly yeah. my point. That's what makes it so amazing. It's it's like it's watching like a just a horrible show when it's dubbed, but they do such a good job of filming it and building the characters through visualization yeah. that you just fall in love with it. It's yeah. that's what I've found is the most amazing. So hopefully with the second season we can get a little better. Yeah, and you know, we probably I, the will. The dubbing didn't bug me. No, it, it didn't. It was cares? actually kind of made it funny. I, I think you so, know? too. Especially the one older lady who, yeah. she was hysterical, but the the younger gal, the one who's the defector from North Korea. Yeah, she was beautiful. Yeah, so I guess um, people, people who speak Korean and could watch it in its original format said that she was so wonderful because North Koreans speak with a different accent than oh. South Koreans. And she only spoke with her North Korean accent when she right. sees her little brother. Right. Otherwise, she really tried to sound like a South Korean because North Koreans, 
they don't even like to tell anybody that they escaped or got away because they're called spies and communists and they very much try and hide that. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Not that we would have noticed it, but people were like really giving the show kudos for the fact that she was using her accent she i thought she's amazing she's gonna be mesmerizing and she's gonna be a major star i was thinking what have i seen her in? i mean she's she's a korean actress she just captivated the screen is she the one that was ran into him in the like first episode yep yep yep. okay yep Mm -hmm. she was great yes the few episodes i've seen she is fantastic and you know who else was really good the laundry guy the laundry evangelist was on with kelly and mark consuelos patrick and she she is crazy about well, him. He's fantastic. And they just had so much fun and, you know, gave some great laundry tips. So I'm hoping I'm going to check their uh, the Twitter and or you can go to his Facebook page. He's probably posting, but it was really a delightful. We learned how to get a sweater back. If you shrink a sweater, okay. you soak it in olive oil oh. until the sweater gets cold. And then you put it on a towel and then you pull Oh the sweater, gosh. it'll stretch back out, and then you just wash it again. You know, I wore um, to a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and I a shirt, a white blouse, and out of like nylon-y material or something, and I got lipstick, oily lipstick, right in the white scent, right in the front. And I have a little horse brush that I bought from his place at the Mall of America, mm-hmm. Patrick Williams. Mona Williams. Mona Williams. And his soap. And it came right, right out. out. Look at that. I was yeah. so, and I gently did it. Yeah, there, gentle, it was going gentle. out in the warm water, oh. not cold, warm. I, he's great. All right. Yeah, we got, all right. Listen, we come back. It's uh, we have two stories we can't get enough of. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, Dancing with the Stars happened last night, and I will say I was right. What? I told you she was going to do the schoolgirl. Yeah. Oh, that was. Did she? Yes. Oh, yeah, it was, <laughs> first off, look at it on Twitter. She came out with braids and. All I can say is Brittany did not give us 20 years of excellence to be treated like this on Dancing with the Stars. The, they didn't, the band played, they did covers, and it was yeah. like kids bop covers, I swear, of Brittany. <laughs> and, 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 and poor Tyra looked like the bride of Chucky, though. It was the <laughs> most, tra- do you see it? Oh, yeah. It was it was and both crazy. outfits were tragic yeah, with yeah. the fake snake and kind yeah, of a, a Fiona a from Shrek. Yeah. yeah, that was just... Fiona from Shrek. Shrek. That is... So, oh, that's But that's what that green dress looked yeah, like. And she's rather, you know, um, busty. She is a busty gal. And, uh, but but uh, it was... It was, you know what, I'll tell you this. It, I mean, they had good songs, even though maybe the, not all the songs were c- covered by the band, but they were all Britney songs. Uh, some people thought, you know, um, you know, that they, what, you know, they could have had done better versions of it, but whatever. I thought, um, you know, who I've become a fan of, I'm completely reversing myself, is that JoJo Siwa. She's, well, she's, she, she's amazing. Yeah. She did three lifts. She and her, she, and she's so bubbly and she and her partner are amazing. They were great. They were I, great. I don't know how they don't win. They, the judges were kind of hard on Suni. Lee, oh, were they? Little bit. She, they're, they're always having her dance last. I kind of like that. And, That's like a top placement spot. And I can see why, um, you know, Megan, uh, Fox left Brian Austin Green because <laughs> looking at his face last night as the, he's doing a tango with his 
The woman he's been dating since August. Okay, can I tell you something, though? Painful watching them do the tango. I thought he was a good actor. He couldn't even act they with a sexy face. They got in a face. huge fight over the weekend, and it carried over into the dance. Well, it was horrible. I, mean, I he, was embarrassed for a bag. <laughs> I like, I, I know, Grant. If Grant didn't watch the dance, you, if you watch the dance, you will be embarrassed for him. Uh, well, especially the way you're saying. Remember in 90210, he was the hip hop dancing, rapping, and like he even did routines in the show. Yes. So you'd think this guy would have a little bit of. Well, but tango, tango is a whole other you know, world. And you have right. to be sexy, but I mean, it was. It was like a failed audition tape for Interview with a Vampire or something. Oh it was it was just bad. Bad, bad, bad. Mel C is she's a darling. Ma- and so is uh, Amanda Coots. Coots, yes. She, she can she answer, was, but she's a former rock cat. Yeah, right. And I was very sad at who got sent home. Just a spoiler alert. Our, our gal from Bling Empire, Christine right. Chu, who probably is having all of her outfits custom made. She's a very... Wealthy woman, she had Swarovski crystals in her hair extensions. Oh, wow. And she really is, she's like, she's a good dancer, but she got sent home last night. She it didn't was, have the fan base, hon. It's yeah. the fans. It's the fans. Yeah. It's a popularity well, contest, right? Well, here, here's the good news for people because um, we had, you know, I would like to go to this. So the Dancing with the Stars is going on tour. You know, all the pro dancers like they've done before. Yeah, like so, like the Olympic gold yes. d- d- tour that's coming. That's coming here. So the Dancing with the Stars Live 2022 with just the pros is going to be happening. And it's coming to Mystic Lake on February 4th. If people want to know about that, because that'd be a good like holiday, you know, present for someone. Yeah. My mom would love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Especially that's... if you don't have to see any of the Dancing with the Stars C and D listers. No, you exactly. don't. It's just yeah. the pros who right. can dance. It's, and like they... the, right. it's like champions on ice, but exactly. dancing. Yeah. That's right. always exactly. a good time. That probably would be fun. Right. But, I mean, it was good. Next week, they're going to make us suffer through some Disney thing, which will be terrible. <laughs> oh, that's a cross promotion because it's ABC. And... Right. right. They yeah, always do the Disney yeah. light. Oh, Disney God, night. let her come out as Minnie Mouse with the big shoes, please. Oh. But uh, the voice trounced uh, Dancing with the Stars. Um, that that was that was number one. Um, Seven point two million, and Dancing with the Stars gets about four and a half million. Okay. So- All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Well, the voice, you know, they're it's entertaining when they're it doing is. these rounds of yes. the blind auditions. So yeah. last night, here is a 20-year-old from right here in Minneapolis 
Libyanka. Um, What's her name? Libyanka. L-I-B-I-A-N-C-A. And she went over Ariana Grande and Blake Shelton. Now let's... Listen to her sing. Okay. That sounded like Ariana right there. She's got a beautiful, beautiful. voice and a lot of range. Did she pick Ariana? She, it was Blake Shelton and Ariana Grande, one would think. But she picked Blake Shelton. And Kelly Clarkson says, no one saw that coming. No. I love the the, the just the dip in between the people. Yeah. I mean, Kelly japs Blake Shelton so much. Yeah. It's hysterical. He, he'd and, you know, be fun to tease. He would be a riot to tease. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they had um, Libyanka's family. You know, you can see them watching, and that's kind of a fun element yeah. to it. But boy, I think... Well, her voice is gorgeous. Gorgeous, and she's just 20. And she hit some higher notes later on in that where we're... Even uh, Kelly Clarkson was like, ooh, ooh you know, right. like... It, and like you guys said, those judges, they are a good combo. And they can razz uh, yeah. on each other and have fun with their bidding. Yeah. I like this group. Yeah, I, I do really too. do. T- I, I mean, you know, it's Ke- fun not having Adam Levine there. And Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, Gwen. She was boring, too. Yeah. But Blake and Kelly, and they've known each other for, for years, yeah, and they time. had the same manager, right. Kelly's husband. Right. Uh, and her um, stepdad, well, her father-in-law. New Kids on the Block, really, that um, mixtape tour that's going to be on sale Friday for next June. At they, the Excel. They've done such amazing PR. Kelly Clarkson on her show yesterday, Open Kelly Oki, with new kids on the block. She's singing back up to them. Nice. And they sing one whole song, the whole band, and then out comes TLC and En Vogue, and Kelly sings back up to What a Man while those ladies sing. Wow. And Salt and Pepper. That's amazing. There. Yeah, PR. Salt and Pepper and En Vogue. Yeah. And she's just back up and she knew all the words. And I mean, that was. That those was kind tickets of are going to sell out. I think That's so. going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. All right, Grant, what's happening in the traffic world? We've got a few accidents to get to here, guys. It is time for another edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club. We are absolutely delighted. Tracy Lang is joining us. This is, I think, her first novel, and it is called We Are the Brennans, and it's absolutely fantastic. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you guys? We're great. We are good. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much. Oh, I uh, I tweeted at you today. I don't know how much you look at Twitter, but I was lucky enough to bring your book on a beach vacation mm-hmm. and got to enjoy it on a whole day on the beach. It was so I I always remember the books I read like in a day on a vacation, and your book, this We Are the Brennans, is so compelling, mm-hmm. and the ending is not anything that I saw coming. It's just so good. So tell people what it's <laughs> what it's about. Um, basically, the Brennans are an Irish Catholic family based out of Westchester, New York, and um, they are a pretty tight crew, but um, probably a little too mixed up in each other's lives at times, uh, but would really kind of do anything for each other. Um, when the book opens, though, the one female sibling of the four is living on the West Coast, and she gets into a, a pretty nasty accident, car accident, and gets a little beat up. And her brother flies out there, convinces her to come home and uh, and be with family to recuperate. And her homecoming sort of sets off a whole bunch of um, turmoil. Well, so. and, and, and I mean, we are the Brennan. It really is about... Family, family and secrets, secrets. Yes. and how all families have secrets and mm-hmm. some people know yes. some of it or all of it or you keep the secret that was so interesting how you delved into that 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what happens when she comes home. It sort of unlocks the door to a whole lot of those secrets, different characters are harboring coming to the surface and they have to start to deal with all that. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, the book is We Are the Brennans. Um, Tracy Lang is with us. The, interesting how you talk about, like Lori just said, you know, and I think you said it because you grew up in a big Irish family, is that mm-hmm. even though you all love each other dearly, it's amazing how many mini secret pods there are within a family. <laughs> right. I mean, right. like, our family yeah. loves each other, but we have more secret pods within our family. Like, Lori's like, do you know that? Or you're not supposed to know that. And I'm like, do you know this? But you're not supposed to know this. I mean, it's like so weird when you all love each other and care about each other. But it's just, it must be family. Yeah. Yeah, there's just something there that's so interesting to dive into. The, the reasons why, even though we would do anything for each other and they're the people in the world that know you best, that there's still sometimes uh, this fear of, sharing certain things, whether it's shame or fear of judgment and all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everybody's been able to kind of connect with that to some degree. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, cause you write the book through the perspective of the different so family members, yeah. uh, characters in the book. And was, was that, did you just kind of come upon that or did you, cause I know this is your debut novel. Is that how, was that a deliberate choice? You know, it was, and it, it, all of those points of view were there from the beginning. Uh, even in the first draft, I kind of figured somewhere along the way, someone might tell me I need to um, lose one or two. That mm-hmm. it, I know at times it could be uh, distracting or confusing, um, but it seemed to work, so I went with it. And uh, in the end, it was such a great way to get into everyone's head and and kind of play with those secrets a little bit and let the reader in on some of the secrets that other characters didn't know. Uh, But yeah, all those voices were there from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's what made the story Mm -hmm. compelling too, was having everybody's different point of view like that. Uh, That's what made it a page turner. Yeah, good. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. That's what I was hoping that you'd see the the good and the bad as tight as these guys are. Sometimes you just want to shake them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's amazing. It kind of is. Yeah. So, so if you're just joining us, the book is We Are the Brennans. Um, do you, Tracy, like how long, this is your debut novel, how long did it take you to write mm-hmm. this? All told, it took probably about two and a half years, and that included um, a couple significant breaks where I sort of get to that point where I have to step back just for a little bit, maybe work on something else because you're so in the weeds at some point with it. Uh, and then you try to come back at it with fresh eyes. But I would say about two and a half years was about what it took. Wow. Was Who was the hardest character to write? The hardest, I guess the most work, would be Sunday, the sort of main uh, protagonist, um, because so much revolved around her. They all had their secrets and flaws and, and various things going on, but um, her actions in the past and present impacted everybody so much so uh it it took a while to really figure her out and and make sure we could empathize and follow her journey Mm -hmm. um how about what what was your family's reaction to to this book about family honestly so far they've all loved it family in new york family in ireland they've all enjoyed it um they recognize maybe a personality or or an anecdote here or there nothing Mm -hmm. is based on anyone in particular but um, 
you know, so far so good. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think it was, uh, I, it was interesting, um, you know, Sunday's relationship with her mom and, you know, you, you're mm. writing about how, what she was like. Because then we yeah. kind of find out more about why she was the way she was, given her relationship and with the secrets yes. with her husband. Yes. Yes. That was that was one of the hardest parts of the book was to was to get across mom, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday's mom, because she I couldn't get into her head. You know, she wasn't there anymore. Um, but she also had reasons for, uh, you know, forces that shaped her. And I wanted to try to do that a little bit of justice, too, because it's very easy to judge her, I think, uh, you know, in parts of the book. So uh, she was she was a tackle for sure. It was hard to tackle her and try to get her down both sides of her. Um, Well, well, you did it. It was a huge influence on the family. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Tracy, what is it about a book that makes you as a reader think it's a great book? I tend to love books that just get into the good and the bad and the gray, uh, you know, those complex relationship and layered, we're all so flawed and have our strengths and weaknesses and um, we all make mistakes. And so I, I just love to sort of read about that. I love to write about it. Um, but that's, that's kind of what gets me in a book. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are going to option this book and make it be a movie. <laughs> well, I that could, would be very nice. I could see it, Tracy. <laughs> okay. My fingers crossed. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, the cover, the cover though is so good too. It's such a, we judge books by the cover. A hundred percent. We've been doing this interviewing yes. authors forever and ever and ever. In Probably book club. 18 years. We've had a book yeah. club. And so the cover works, wow. <laughs> which is going to give you that because <laughs> totally judge when your publicist, whoever sent us, you know, information on this. I'm like, yeah, we like the cover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. I wish I could take any credit for that, but that was the publisher that was Celadon. And when they showed me, man, I just thought they hit it out of the park. They really did. They yeah. Did. And yeah. I also had a very, got to have a very deep fondness for Mickey, who's, you know, the, father of the family and the grandfather mm-hmm. and his memory isn't as sharp, but I just loved, I loved everything about his story. That's so nice to hear um, because I definitely was able to draw on my dad's history and, and weave it in there a little bit uh, coming from Ireland and being in construction in New York. And uh, so that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, he, he was one of my favorites to write for sure. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Cause it's like a man of a certain time that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. that it, he kind of reminded, like I thought of my grandfather and um, just, right. yeah, there was something very familiar about him as the patriarch of the family who is getting older and maybe losing his memory right. a little bit and stuff. So. How many siblings do you have, Tracy? I only have one sibling, but uh, my dad was one of 15 and oh. they all, all had multiple kids. And my mom was one of four and they all, so we were just surrounded really by so much family and, and spent great, a lot of time in Ireland and in New York. So. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. Yeah, How wonderful. Well, thank you for writing. We are the Brennans. It's a great, great, great book. All right. So what's the last really wonderful book you've read or what you're reading right now that you just can't get enough of? 
Well, one I just finished, um, probably many of you listeners have read, is Razorblade Tears by S.A. Crosby. I thought was real talk about a complicated, layered story, great characters. Um, so that was a great one. And another one that's very different but also beautiful is uh, Dear Emmy Blue by Leah Lewis. So there's a couple to keep in mind. All right. I don't know, Lori, that we've... Well, Razorblade Tears, I haven't yes, heard about I that book. Yeah. Yeah. But Dear really Emmy... Really good. Lots Emmy... to think about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, are you going to keep writing? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm oh. keeping at it. I was just doing it when I got you, when we got on the phone here. <laughs> okay, so you're on you're you're on book number 2. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty far along with the next one going through another draft after getting some great notes. How did you agent, so. How did you feel about I mean, are you going on any book tour? Are you just doing things virtually? You know, it's been all virtual. It has. And I know it's not quite the same, but it's also been so exciting. I've talked to people all over the country and so many different book clubs. And so um, I have never been on tour, and, and people have said that that's, uh, that's a shame, but I have to say I've been enjoying it. Good. So how do, how do people find months. you, Tracy? Do you like them do, to go to your author page or Facebook or what? Yeah, people, I'm on Instagram, I am on Twitter, and, and I get lots of nice emails through my uh, website, just tracylang.com. So if anyone ever has questions or thoughts, I'm, I'm always uh, open to those. But that, that would be the best way to keep up with things. Okay, well, we'll post uh, this interview on yeah. our Lori and Julia book club, and so people who are listening can find it. And thank you so much thank for being so with much. us, and thanks for writing just a... Terrific book, and fingers crossed for Ben Affleck uh, and Matt Damon to option this book. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is fun. Yeah, well, congratulations, you. too. All right, so we've got two copies of the book to give away. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. If you have not won a book in a while, we're going to be taking a quick break, and we'll be right back. Oh, gosh, the Rolling Stone countdown is happening. But before Where we, in the world is Mick Jagger? But before we get to that, we got to give a shout-out to Amy in Albertville and Don in St. Paul, our latest LoJ book winner winners. So the book will be going out in the mail to you guys today. So thanks for hanging out with us and listening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so fun. I feel like I meet a lot of our listeners through writing their addresses on the MyTalk labels and the little handwritten posting notes. Well, you'll have to share that with Donnie because he wrote those labels off for years. I know I did. He never, but Donnie didn't do the personalized note. I've taken oh. it above. The experience of getting a book from us is above and beyond. Oh, is it? Well, oh, that's yeah. Good. Always trying to exceed expectations here. All right. Well, I thought, okay, since um, it's going to be a question now for fans and media, wherever the Rolling Stones pull into town for their no filter tour. Be- where is Mick? Where in the heck is Mick? Because he started the little game himself because he, he tweeted a picture of himself at the Arch in St. Louis on September 24th. Okay. Then he had a beer at the Dive Bar in Char- Char- Charlotte. It wasn't called the Dive Bar, though. It was the called. Thirsty Beaver. Thank but you. it is a Dive Bar. <laughs> I know, but, I, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure you said the name because it's a great name. Yeah, for the a bar. Thirsty Beaver. That was September 30th. Then when he was in Pittsburgh a couple nights ago, he went to the Monterey Bay Fish Grotto. But no photo of okay. him there, okay? And it's just a 12-city tour. And Howard Stern is very stingy about what he shares for clips with his big gets, okay? okay. And Mick Jagger, yesterday we played the clip of Mick Jagger talking about... Um, Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts, and we both, we got all for clumped yes. listening to it. it was very sad. And, of course, Howard Stern asked the question... 
uh, where Mick gets his inspiration for his famous dance moves. And he gives credit to a lot of people. And we'll just take a listen. You know, you look at bands like Oasis or even the Beatles, for that matter. Those guys stood there um, like a stone wall. (laughs) I would think dancing on stage is a huge decision for you. It wasn't a question of making a decision to dance. I just couldn't. I couldn't have this music going on and not move around, you know, even in these tiny little spaces that we had, you know, in the early days. It was just the natural thing to do. To me, being a singer, to being in a band, to even dancing on stage, it requires a real confidence. I think how if you if you're, you know, a lead singer in a band, you have to be, you know, an extrovert. And yes, you see, you watch other people and you copy other people. You know, I used to look at all these James Brown clips and go and see him and Chuck Berry and all these people. And and, and they had great moves. All, all these people that I adored, like Jerry Lee Lewis and all these people, they had great moves. They did certain moves repetitively. They, you, he's going to do this move. He's going to stand on the piano. He's going to kick the chair. He's going he's gonna to do the splits. He's going to do, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. So this is, you know, part of what it is to be a lead singer. And also, you know, there's times when you don't want to do that because there's times you want to center the, the, the audience on the stage so you, you, you're going to be pretty still and just hold the center stage, you know, particularly when you're doing some, uh, a particular song or ballad perhaps so that you don't want to be running around like a chicken with its head cut off all the time because it's just too annoying. But when I was much younger, I just did, crazy things i used to jump off the stage into the organ pit in these theaters and on my knees and i my knees would be like killing me but i because i didn't know what was there and it was covered <laughs> up in drapes I, but i'd seen little richard do that so i thought well okay i can do that if he can do it i can do it uh, and so i used to jump off the stage just to run around the you know i mean i just could do absolutely crazy things that I hadn't rehearsed, you know? I heard a great story about you that you were trying, you know, you were trying things out and you said, I'm going to do this move that James Brown does where he takes the microphone, he whips it down, you know, with, with the wire and then he whips it back up and you whipped it back up and you hit yourself in the face. That's part of the practice, the dangers of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a difficult move. I mean, Prince used to, Prince used to do that move perfectly. He could do that. It was it was a move everyone had to do, so I had to try and learn to do it, but I was never very good. And he oh, said when gosh. he did do it, yeah, he did hit himself in the head. Yeah. But oh I just I love listening to his voice. And that's kind of an interesting question because you think about it, because I'm gonna overgeneralize right now. Men don't like to dance very much, and mm-hmm. especially dance on stage and be seen. So here you are, you're a singer, musician. You know, you're in a band in a high school and stuff and Mm -hmm. whatever. And but to make a conscious decision, like he says, to go out there and be. I mean, because we've seen him. He goes nuts. on Yeah, he's so good. And you don't see Bruce Springsteen dancing. Yeah, yeah. You don't see um, Bob Seger dancing. You know, some of the old, you know, the Eagles don't dance. I mean, just thinking. But then you saw um, John Bon Jovi like to do the knee thing. He's a terrible dancer. He's a terrible dancer. He's a lane. He's He's a lane. He's so You're so right. But you think about these people because Prince, of course, had the moves. I mean, like, no. No one else, right? But it it is kind of thing, you know. You these rock and roll people that yeah, didn't dance. move, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's one reason I think I love fell in love with this band called the Bad Man because the lead they're local, right? Yeah, and the okay. lead singer he doesn't really play an instrument. Maybe he'll play like a you know a cowbell or a sure thing. tambourine. But he is such a a dynamic dancer, and I mean you can't take your eyes off of him. And he reminds me of Mick Jagger in that way of that he's so commanding, all eyes on the lead singer and. Anyway. It, it's different because like Keith Urban doesn't dance, Kelly Clarkson doesn't yeah. dance. I mean, so many. But but Mick is the lead singer of the greatest rock and roll band in the world, and that's Granted. how you get to be the greatest rock and roll is band. That it? If you if can you dance, you got a lead singer who can dance. Yes, I love the qualifications. Yeah. I'll write that down, Grant. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will keep uh-huh. that because, in the top of my mind. But you do think about all these big big bands where the lead singer doesn't move. Yeah. And and he also did an interview. It's an interesting question. I mean, yes. kudos to Howard, because who would ever even think of asking that? Yeah, well, Howard had like four pages of notes so for him. But he was also on um, with Apple Music, the Zane Lowe, and he asked him, what do you say to people who said you guys should have quit because Charlie died? And he's like, oh. kind of the same thing that he told Howard was that, Charlie knew, knew he was sick. and they had announced that he wasn't going on, on tour and he wanted them to do it. And he said, we felt we had a responsibility because these were dates that had been booked, booked two years ago, two years yeah. ago. And he said, and it's just 12 dates and he, Charlie wanted us to do it. And the audience wanted to do it and we wanted to do it. And it seems to be going well. So this is going to be epic because my girlfriend just talked to me. Um, okay. How much time do we have? I have a story. Okay. Okay. So our friend Pookie. Who's the biggest David Cassidy fan? Okay, ever mm-hmm. Grant, ever. Okay, nice, okay. years ago, she'll arm wrestle people. She will arm wrestle. Years ago, when we first started our show, all she said is, "You have to get David Cassidy on." And David Cassidy used to travel like to Happy Fourth or what was it called downtown St. Paul. He was there. Once. He was, but he he would travel around to the casinos and he was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So she comes over last this this morning and is like trying on outfits and she's going on a David Cassidy like. She's hooked up with a David Cassidy fan club. club group. And there's this woman named Colette who wrote a book about her three and a half year affair with David Cassidy that she's having lunch with in LA next week. And she's going on this David Cassidy fan club trip like David Cassidy's best friend who owns this restaurant yeah. out in Malibu. They're going to it is it just made me laugh so much about these super, super fans. Yeah, right. Super fans. And she said, do you want to go to the Rolling Stones? And I said, are the tickets as much as Lori paid? And she said, probably. And I said, well, I got to think about it. Is yeah. my seat better than Lori's? Yeah. She said, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I doubt it. <laughs> Wouldn't that it. drive you crazy? No, it wouldn't drive me crazy. I'd be happy that you go. I know. It's All right, listen, when we come back, um, it's been 2,146 days since we've heard from Adele.